Thank you for listening to Principal Podcast. This is the second Principal Podcast. I am your host, Savannah Brown, here with the principal of Bedford Senior High School, Mr. Weber. Good morning. And our first segment is going to be Pile of Principal, and we're going to move right on into it. So our first question for you. Um, your daughter, Ava, how is she doing? And I remember last time you talked about her maybe coming to one of the football games. Did she end up going, and did she enjoy it if she did? Yeah, she has been able to make it to two games. She's loved it. But she's also, every game we've gone to now that she's been able to come to, um, we've had lightning. She was at that game. We had the big delay. Um, and the, the cheerleaders were on the sideline, and uh, she briefly met the cheerleaders, and that's when the lightning came in. She was devastated. Um, that she had to go home because it just got too late. And then she came with me last week when we went to Ann Arbor, and again, we had lightning. So I'm kind of starting to think that anytime I bring her, we're going to have some kind of like bad weather thing, so. Okay, and our next question. You mentioned to us back in the first one that you enjoyed to go skiing, and clearly with today, the high being only 54, we're getting close to that weather. So are you planning any trips this year? Uh, I will go if we have one plan for in December. I know that already. And so you kind of just reminded me I need to go get my daughter uh, her, her stuff for the year. Um, and so I got to get that on my to-do list. But we got one planned in December. We go right um, uh, over uh, winter break. I'll go skiing in Boeing. Um, that's the only one we have on the calendar right now, but we're looking forward to it. Well, that will definitely be fun get away from high school. So our next one, really to get to know more about you and what you are interested in, what's your favorite food? So I really, almost besides sports teams, I almost don't have any favorites. Um, I really like a lot of foods and I can never pick just one. And so I love pizza, I love steak, I love a lot of seafood options. Um, but I also love spaghetti, I love peanut butter and jelly, I love, probably breakfast would be my favorite food because I love omelets, I love anything with eggs, I love cheese, bacon, sausage, hash browns, any kind of combination thereof. Um, so breakfast would probably be my favorite food. Do you have a favorite like style of food, maybe like Italian or Mexican or? No, I hate tomatoes. Tomatoes are the grossest thing in the world to me. Um, I'm right there with you, so. Okay, yeah, they're just, they're like, they're disgusting. Um, but I pretty much, like I said, I like, um, I, I like everything from Mexican food. I love Chinese food. Um, I like, I like all American cuisine. Um, and so, yeah, I really do. I, I love food. Okay, and you mentioned that you have some favorite sports teams, and I know that I know of those, but maybe if you want to let our listeners know what those are. I'm a, I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan, and so uh, they're they're three and one right now, and so that's been a, a good start to the year. They started off with a loss, and so uh, my daughter usually watches the games with me, um, and so that's kind of like one of my Sunday routines is to kind of do all the food prep for the week, and I have, we have the game on in the background, and um, I'm definitely dialed into the game, but um, I get all my other kind of like I make all the lunches for the week. I cut all the fruit, and sometimes we make a couple of dinners on the weekend. That way, we can just heat it up throughout the week. Okie dokie. And um, do you have any favorite baseball teams or your hockey teams? When it comes to the other sports, I'm, I'm definitely a, a local fan. I'm a big fan of. I like the lion, or not the lions, the, the Tigers, the Pistons, and the Red Wings. Um, I. 
get bored with the Lions. Um, <laughs> but the other the other three Detroit teams are. They had a good go-tos. start this year, so I mean you can't get too. They they did they did, but as a, as a Bears fan, what kills me <laughs> is the Lions game is always what's on TV for me, <laughs> and so there's lots of times where I, the Bears game is being shown nationally, but because we live in Michigan, I get the Lions feed, and I'm like, oh, this is so horrible. Okay, well, we are going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, which will be meal time, and we are going to find out some more interesting things about the school than maybe what the average person knows. And we are back with meal time. So one question that we kind of touched on in the first principal podcast but we wanted to revisit, um, how are the vape detectors coming along and are those in the process of being ordered or what state are those in? So nothing's been done with them. Um, there's nothing that was going to be a pretty expensive purchase. And so that wasn't something in the budget for this year. Um, it doesn't mean it won't happen this year. It'll be just dependent on how things go in terms of other budgets. And so it's kind of about just how a school budget, just like your house's budget if you spend a little bit less money somewhere else maybe that might create an opportunity to do something like that but currently there's nothing in the budget um we got some quotes and things like that and it's, it's pretty expensive okay so when those do come in or your hopes per se are those going to be in every bathroom or are those just going to be in some of the very popular ones it'll probably come down to, like i said like, it'll be a budget driven thing um it's about three thousand dollars per bathroom and so if you think of a boy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom, so you're looking at $6,000 every location. Um, but it has a lot of really good features to it. Um, they also have some other, like, audible sensors and things like that. So, like, if there was, um, like, a fight in a bathroom, it would alert people to it, too, right away. And so it has some cool features like that as well. So I think one thing that kind of, since we've touched on those things, there's been a lot of questions that have come up. So are those... Do they like alert you guys at the school or do they alert like our liaison officer or how do they go about alerting someone? The, the vape detectors that we've looked at, most of them have some kind of app attached to them. And so pretty much anyone that I wanted to give access to, I could have them download the app and then I could authorize their access to it. And then as soon as something happened, it would like send them uh, an alert on their phone. And so, I mean, it could be the administrators, it could be administrators of security, it could be administrators of securities and teachers who are right by the bathroom. And so they're all of a sudden go to the bathroom, go check it out. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and move past those. So, do you, I know you weren't here when Bedford didn't have the Chromebooks, but from past experiences at other schools, do you think that having the computers in school are helping our curriculum, or do you think that they're hurting us in a way? Um, I don't think there's any harm caused by them, and I think it's a, a great, because the, 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 there's a lot of research on one-to-one devices, and it doesn't actually increase student learning, but it does prepare you guys to be in an environment where things are going to be highly, highly digital. Um, everything you guys do now, the workforce you guys are entering into, the more skill you have with different platforms and be able to navigate things, it's going to really just be beneficial for you guys. I mean, even something as simple as, um, you guys don't even realize this, but like when, when people started using computers a lot with students, um, initially it was just basically like the type of paper and then you'd print it. And that was kind of what people, students use paper, uh, computers for. 
<clears throat> and then more and more things started getting, um, more and more devices started being in schools. And but eventually we noticed students didn't organize their electronic files. You know, so if we go back to the days of trapper keepers and things like that, kids would have folders, and there was a lot of time and energy spent helping kids learn how to organize a folder. Um, and now you guys are learning how to organize digital spaces. You know, um, different classes, different folders, different papers, different assignments. Um, and that's a really, really important skill set uh, because the, the work you guys are going to be doing now is going to be so digital, you're going to have to be very good at organizing that stuff. So that way you can get access to what you, your files that you've worked on in the past. or um, And so that whole organization system is just something that you guys are going to be built into your learning process now. And our last question. So yesterday during seventh hour, we went to a soft lockdown and there was a letter released to parents stating that um, drug sniffing canines and police officers were brought in. Um, so it can you share the results of those or were they effective or yeah uh, i'm not gonna get any like like real specifics Um, i always want to protect kids confidentiality but um i thought it was an effective thing the dogs i mean they definitely do their job well um and so you know i talked to the students about this when we did our uh handbook talks the start of the year this is something that's going to go on um and i talked to students about it because i don't i don't my hope always when we do one of these things is i find absolutely nothing and so that's why it's not a secret that we're going to do this. I want kids to know if anything going on, you know, of course I would hope kids don't do those kind of things, don't do drugs. Um, but if they are, I hope they know that you better keep it out of the high school. This is not something that's going to be in our learning environment. Um, and so bring the dogs in, help us, you know, identify kids. And then part of that process, if, it, if we ever do find kids involved with, with drugs, we do refer them to um, some, some counseling and things like that. We want to make sure... It's not just about, you know, consequencing kids. We want to make sure our kids are aware of the dangers that they're exposed to. Um, and so, yeah, the dogs, we had three state troopers um, come out here with their dogs, and they, uh, you know, they searched the building. Um, you know, the, the state trooper dogs, um, when we did the parking lot, for example, um, some dogs, some canines are taught to, when they find something, they hit aggressively, which means, like, they'll paw at it. Um, the state trooper dogs are, t- are trained to sit, and so they kind of like put their nose like right on where they they got the strongest scent, and then they sit down, and then they get the reward. And it's interesting to watch the reward for the canines is a a Kong toy, and so um, but you can watch this dog be very focused and working, and you know they seem very um, you know they're very focused. Their eyes and their body language is all focused about the work, and as soon as they are alerted to something. They, uh, they go into like, like a play mode, like their eyes light up and they stare at their owner and they just want this toy and then he reaches in his pocket and he grabs it and he throws it out to them and they jump on it like a little puppy and just start chomping on this toy um, and they get to play for a few seconds and that's their reward. So um, some people think they're working for treats, but they actually work to have playtime. Um, so were they, did they come into any classrooms? I know they were non-contact, so obviously the students wouldn't have been in there well. They were in the classrooms, but did they go into classrooms, or were they just kind of smelling around the lockers? Uh, we did. We did search lockers. We searched classrooms. Um, we'd remove the students before we searched the classroom, and we'd leave all the items in there, um, all the bags and things like that. Um, and then we searched the parking lots as well. Okay. And we are going to move on to our very last segment for this second principal podcast, which is what the students want to know. 
we are here with the last segment, which is students want to know. So, as a student in the school, we hear a lot of rumors going around. And this one, I kind of found a bit interesting, and then the more I started hearing it, the more it kind of confused me. Um, so, and then when we were kind of getting some kids' opinions on questions they wanted us to ask you, this was a question, so we decided to go ahead and put it in here. So there is a rumor around the school that you are a secret investigator for the school. And um, I don't have very many specifics about it or quite what they mean by that, but of course we have to touch on it, so. Yeah, uh, I guess I would have to understand what a secret investigator is. If that means like if I work for the FBI or the CIA or something like that, in addition to your Bedford, I, I can assure you I have no other jobs. Um, you know, being a high school principal, you work uh, a ton of hours, and so I don't know how you could ever be a principal and do anything else. I struggle to, I struggle to get a haircut. Um, you know, I say, uh, I asked, had a student. I asked one of the one of the guys in the school. I said, "Where do you get your haircut, Luke Carver?" I said, "Luke, where do you get your haircut?" Because I need to find a place over here to get my haircut because I can't get back home even to get a haircut. They're all closed by the time I get back home, and so I'm going to Hair Express over there on uh, Lewis. They've been hooking me up. And, there's a subway there, so if I'm staying late, I can get my haircut, grab some food, and then come back here and work some more. Okay, and of course, we also have to touch on this one. So for people that do not know, here at Bedford High School, we have a small wooded area that connects over to our transportation garage and our soccer stadium and into what's called Indian Creek. And there's kind of trails back there, and that's where the cross-country teams run. Well, back there we have a, we call it the biology pond because it has fish and turtles in it, and a lot of times it's used for the sciences to study. Well, on September 18th, there was a science class back there, and they discovered a caiman in the pond. So, of course, we have to touch on this because we're in Michigan and alligators are native to us. So, what was your guys' kind of reaction to that? Because that's not something you have to deal with really ever at a school so what did you guys react to that so one thing is a, a principal um, this is my ninth year as an administrator I nothing ever surprises me anymore um, because there's just so many weird things that I've had to like encounter um, ironically enough none of my master's classes had anything about what to do if there's a gator on your campus um, but I was actually in a meeting with mr. Hurley the principal of the middle school and we were meeting about some other stuff, uh, some budget stuff, and his assistant principal called and said, I need to be on speakerphone and tell you both. And so she said, there's a gator in the uh, biology pond. And so she sent us a picture that they had, and so then we went about, you know, touching base with central office and making sure, um, at that point we didn't even know how big this gator was and how big of a, a danger it possibly imposed. And so, the first thing was just to make sure we, we understood the, the situation and then took steps to make sure people stayed away from it. And so, um, you know, I'd email the teachers, make sure no kids went out there for the, the rest of the day, and they gave us time to think about how to make sure we go about informing the community of the potential harm or lack of harm. Um, and then a whole bunch of different agencies got involved, the DNR, the Water Commission, um, because they had a lot of things about how to go about catching the gator. And so, um, we want to be in a pretty small alligator, and um, they've named it Renegade, 
and so he's at the Indian uh, Creek Zoo so he will be staying here in Bedford and you guys will be able to go check him out over the coming years you know it'll be a great maybe a five and ten year reunion trip to make a, a trip and go see Renegade he'll be much bigger than the three feet he is now on, or actually I think it's a she if I understand correctly um, you know this thing will wind up being probably 10 to 14 feet long um, and so but it was a uh, I'm glad that now that everything is done with it and every like there was no one was hurt, no one was hurt getting it out. Um, the pond is rebounding. Um, the, the gator is safe. No kids got hurt. Um, it really is just a, a fun thing, a really funny situation. And so, um, you know, we had some fun with it. I had some fun with it dressing up on, on, for school. Um, but also, kind of let me just know just how cool our um, how great our student body is um, because once we made that announcement. You know who knows what was going to happen you know and, but our, our students were went about their school day they went to classes they you know they had some fun with it I'm sure some memes were sent and some text messages but um, I'm just so impressed with how everyone conducted themselves um, kids stayed out of that area you know we had security over there after school and people weren't going back there and things like that so um, I was just really just pleased with how everyone handled it and um, people just took it as a, a fun thing and just embraced it and laughed with it and, and kept things moving Okay, and so there's a giant conspiracy theory to this alligator, now named Renegade, that it was actually a plot to change our mascot. <laughs> um, and I know that Bedford Cayman shirts have now been made. Okay. Um, so, was it? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, so, I mean, maybe that was someone's ploy. Um, you know, um, the district ironically is going through a process of, of branding. Um, essentially, right now, in the elementaries, you know, all the elementaries have different mascots, um, and the district's going to make an effort to change it all to the Kicking Mules. And so, you know, students at Bedford will be Kicking Mules from kindergarten through high school. Um, and so they're working through that. So it's maybe just more ironic. And so maybe that's where the communication is coming then the fact that there's an effort in the district to brand the district with, you know, having consistent logos and things like that. Well, okay, and do you know of, or are you a part of Bedford Unleashed? Uh, I had never been a part, people had told me about it, but then I, with the gator thing, I said, okay, I need to figure out what's going on, so I hopped on, I, I joined Bedford Unleashed, but um, I'm so rarely on Facebook, I'll probably um, never really know unless there's something I need to go on there to figure out what's going on. Well, that, of course, is where Bedford Unleashed is where all of the drama starts in Bedford. Okay. And that is where the rumors and the shirts have become from. So if you want to go buy your Bedford Cayman shirt, just go ahead and hop on Bedford Unleashed, and you can <laughs> definitely find one because I guarantee they're out there still somewhere. Well, thank you for listening to this second set session of the Principal Podcast, and we hope to see you guys again next week. Bye.